When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number 53 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week, as voted for by you, we're going to be chatting about 15 of the most common stereotypes and misconceptions of Scotland. So join me for episode number 53 of the Scottish History Podcast. So first of all, before we start, folks, I just want to apologise for being missing the last couple of weeks. It's just been virtually impossible for me to have uh, researched and got an episode out for you. Um, it was looking the same way this week, however. Um, I managed to kind of cobble this together um, thanks to a you know, little brainwave that I had. Um, and I've kind of always wanted to do this. So, uh, so yeah, so as I mentioned in the introduction there, we're going to be talking about 15 of the most common stereotypes Types and misconceptions about Scotland. Um, they're in no particular order, but I will try and keep the kind of more uh, popular ones, I suppose, for the end. So I've just basically got a list of them, and I'm just going to rattle through them and and basically kind of explain a little bit about them and perhaps where they're from. Some of them, obviously, I'm not going to know where they're from as such, but I will try my best. So one of the first ones that came up was uh, the, the fact that Scots are always drunk. Um, this is a very common stereotype. Um, I'm not entirely sure where it came from. I, I, I would imagine it had something to do with the fact that, of course, you know, we do produce lots and lots and lots of whiskey. Um, that's my best guess at this. Um, however, we, we, we're not as drunk as any other country, really. Um, especially when you see the state of, uh, the state of the world around St. Patrick's Day, for example. We're, we're not quite as bad as, as elsewhere. Um, we usually do have a drink in order to celebrate every now and then, you know, Christmas, New Year and all of that. We do have a drink to celebrate getting a new job and, and things, but it's not, you know, anywhere near as, as bad um, as uh, as the stereotype seems to make out. Um, 
myself personally, I barely drink anymore. Um, just, you know, it's just a habit from working, I suppose. Um, I don't drink anywhere near as much as I used to. Um, I can't even remember the last... Actually, the last time I would have had a drink was when I did the last Whiskey Wednesday. Um, which, on an aside, I have not decided to stop doing completely. Um, but it will be not every single week. Um, I still have some... Myra to try it, but anyway, um, so the first common misconception is that Scots are always drunk, uh, we're not, um, so don't think that we are, it's uh, just, it's not even a nice stereotype in a way. The second stereotype, so number two, is that we all listen to bagpipe music and we all do Highland dancing all the time. Since I've left school, I have maybe done Highland dancing twice, both times at a wedding um, known as a Kaylee. Um, Kayleys are not something which you find every single week, or well, if, if you can find them every week, then I don't know where they happen sort of thing. Um, many times as a tour guide, I was asked, when when is there a Kaylee? Is there going to be a Kaylee? And it's like, no, nah, there'll be a rock band playing in the pub this weekend sort of thing. You know, Kayleys are not something that happens every single night of the week. Um, I don't know a single dance. And that is testament to the fact that all Kaylee bands, when you go to a wedding, have to tell you how the dances are done. Um as the as the music is going along. Um, in terms of bagpipe music, you know, you switch on a Scottish radio station, you're likely to hear, you know, pop music, um, barely any rock music anymore. It's mostly pop music, you know, you're Justin Bieber's and you will hear Black Eyed Peas, Tonight's Gonna Be A Good Night, every hour for the rest of your life uh, on Fourth One, for example. Um, so, yeah, bagpipe music, it comes up once a week, on a Sunday, I think, there's one show that I know of where you could listen to it, but it's mostly traditional Scottish music and it's only for two hours of the programme and as far as I know, no one listens. Um, so yeah, so we don't sit and listen to bagpipe music. I, Even though I'm a tour guide, I do not have a collection of bagpipe music. I've got Spotify when I need to use that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we don't sit and listen to it. Um, the hair does raise on the arms when we hear it, you know, or when I hear it personally, but it's not something that we sit and listen to all the time. Number three is that we all speak Gaelic. Um, I think I went through this before. Uh, only 1.1% of people in Scotland speak Gaelic or can speak Gaelic. I don't know if that fact is fluently or, or even just a little bit conversely or whatever, but yeah, only 1.1% of Scotland can speak Gaelic. Um, so again, it's not a common language here. We speak, you know, we're more likely to speak English or Scots or Doric than we are to speak Gaelic it is not something that we speak an awful lot of. In fact, more people in Scotland know how to speak Mandarin than know how to speak Gaelic, uh, which is quite an incredible uh, fact when you think about it. But yeah, we don't all speak Gaelic. Yes, some of our road signs when you get up into the Highlands, obviously the kind of home of Scots Gaelic these days, uh, when you get up there, the road signs will have Gaelic words on them but it's not something that we do. Um, 
we don't know even how to pronounce things, you know. It's mostly word of mouth that we end up hearing how things are pronounced. For example, you know, whiskey companies and place names and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, so, number three, we don't all speak Gaelic. Number five is that we all say Ochai the New, um, which to translate, so Ochai the New would translate as, oh yes, just now. Every so often I will say Ochai, you know, that's, or Achai, you know, that's that's something that does happen, um, but I don't do it purposefully, you know, I, I do it, it's, it's just a part of my speech pattern, I suppose. Um, but I've never ever heard anyone ever say Ochai the New apart from an English person or a Welsh person or an Australian, someone from New Zealand, an American or a Canadian. I've never ever heard an actual Scottish person say that with an actual, um, not ironically, uh, in any way. Uh, so we don't all sit down and say Ochai the New all the time. Uh, because realistically, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, moving on from that one, uh, I suppose kind of these three are kind of almost tied into each other. Number five um, is the the phrase "see you, Jimmy," uh, or um, there's a hat, a specific hat, which is like a I think it's a tam shanter with ginger hair poking out of it. Every single person who comes to Scotland buys one of these things, and they're called "see you, Jimmy" hats. Um, Jimmy McJimmyson, or I think it's Jimmy McJimmy, uh, was uh, the invention of uh, an English comedian, Russ Abbott, uh, who appeared on the television in the sort of uh, between the seventies and the nineties. And uh, yeah, he had this character called Jimmy McJimmy, who wore a tartan hat and had ginger hair poking out of it. And I think he would usually say, see you, Jimmy. And, you know, it would just be utter nonsense, uh, you know. So um, none of us say, see you, Jimmy, uh, at all. Uh, And then when we move on from that one, we go to number six, which is uh, being called Jock. uh, And specifically that we like being called Jock. Um, I used to live down south uh, for a little while. I lived down there for about six months. And yeah, I used to work in a pub and people used to call me jock all the time. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, it's not a nice term to be used. It's the, the, you know, the same as using any other derogatory term towards anybody else. I do not like it personally. Some people don't mind it, but for me, um, it's like being whistled at. I don't like being whistled at. Um, but yeah, so we don't like being called jock. Don't call us jocks. Um, specifically um, it's not something that we like also the, the kind of uh, thingy in there if I haven't already described this before or explained this before we also do not like being called Scotch people we're not Scotch people we're Scots or Scottish people I think I explained that in the whiskey episode but yeah yeah, that wasn't part of the list uh, but yeah please do not call us Scotch or Scotchland or anything like that It's um, we, we really do not like that Moving on to number 7 uh, and number 7 is that we all live in castles and or stone 
cottages. Um, I live in a flat which is made of brick and mortar. My mum and dad live in a house that's made of brick and mortar. My brother lives in a house that's made of brick and mortar. Every, near enough every single person in this country lives in a house built from brick and mortar. Um, You know, modern day houses, we've got double glazing, central heating, we've got, you know, locks on our front doors, we don't, you know, just wander around leaving our doors unlocked and things like that, we don't ride around on horse and cart anymore, so I think you can see where we're going with this. Uh, Scotland is quite a very modern country, and if it wasn't for Scotland, um, the world wouldn't quite be what it's like today. For example, with a lot of inventions. We invented the telephone and the television, for example. Both of which we combined together. Well, not we combined together. Steve Jobs combined together. And built the smartphone, you know, that you're probably listening to this episode on. We built, we invented both the phone and the television. And now you've got a phone and a television connected together in your pocket. Um, which is mental to think of. Um, so yeah, Scotland's a very, very modern country, just like everywhere else in the world. Um, so yeah, yeah, we don't live in stone houses or anything like that. Most of them, uh, especially the ones round about where I live, if you see a stone house, it's usually abandoned. Um, you know, left to the weather and things like that nowadays. So. So yeah, so number seven is that we live in castles and or stone cottages. We don't, um, not the well, not the majority of us anyway. We live in comfort, brick, mortar, plasterboard, paint, carpets, you know, all of the all of the, the good stuff. So number eight, probably one of the biggest ones is weather. Scotland's weather. It's always pouring with rain, it's always snowing, it's all, you know, it's always cold. Um, Again, simply not true. It rains more in New York State than it does in Scotland per year. Um, Our highest temperatures, of course, we don't get anywhere near as high as, you know, you know, 45 degrees Celsius and things like that. Another thing as well is we, we do things in Celsius, not Fahrenheit, and I cannot do maths, so I'm not going to sit here and try and calculate it out for you. Um, but our hottest temperature, I think, that we reached just a few years ago was about 37 degrees Celsius, if I remember correctly. It was between 35 and 37 for sure in Scotland. So, you know, that's really, really, really warm. Um the coldest temperature that I think that I've seen personally uh, was maybe about minus 10, um, maybe even, you know, a little bit below that. Um, however, you know, in Germany, for example, they get minus 30 um, at times and things. So the weather in Scotland is a kind of temperate climate. Um, we, we've got palm trees that can grow in certain parts. Part of us is on the Gulf Stream. You know, you know, very warm seas and things like that. Uh, yeah, the west side of the country is a wee bit wetter, but that's because you've got the Atlantic Ocean right over there. You know, so the the rain comes in off the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so places like Glencoe that, that tourists go to, you know, Glencoe and uh, Fort William uh, and places like that, they are a lot wetter than you would normally expect because, you know, the Atlantic Ocean is just, you know, right there. So... Um, so yeah, the, the weather isn't great all the time, it's not warm all the time, but it's usually very calm, um, roughly later on in the year we tend to get 
quite high winds. Uh, but again, that's attributed to the Atlantic uh, Ocean um, when there's tropical storms across in America, between America coming off the east coast of America. The, there's nothing to slow the wind down. So what slows the wind down is it'll hit the top of Ireland first and it'll get quite blustery over there. That'll slow the wind down a little bit before it hits us um, kind of thing. So, yeah, the weather in Scotland, it's, it's not the greatest all the time, but I love it. Um, you know, it's what keeps our country as green as, uh, as it is. Uh, so, yeah, so number eight was that the weather in Scotland's always rubbish. It's not. It's really nice most of the time. Number nine is that we all eat deep-fried Mars bars or deep-fried food in general. Now, what we really mean by deep-fried is not just simply chucking everything into a deep-fat fryer. No, we cover it in batter first. Um, now, you can get deep-fried Mars bars. So, Mars bars, I think, especially for Americans, I think you'll know them as Milky Ways. Um, so, a Mars bar is a chocolate bar um, that's inside has nougat and caramel. That is dipped in batter and deep fried. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I only had my first one about two weeks ago. And you know, I'm a 35-year-old man who's never had or had never had a deep fried Mars bar until two weeks ago. Um, which is crazy to think of because I know more Americans who have had, uh, you know, friends of mine that have had deep fried Mars bar before I have. Um, you go into a chip shop in Scotland and you will find everything is deep fried. We don't even say that it's deep fried in batter. You know, every, every, it just says everything. You know, so fish, uh, sausage, burgers, pizza even. Um, they're cheap pizzas. It's not like a proper, you know, proper good pizza that's dipped in batter and deep fried. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not a major staple part of our diet. Um, you know, we so they are available. These things are available, but it's not a major staple part of our diet. You know, it's a treat. You know, once a week, or you know, maybe even once a month for some people. Maybe even just once a year. Um, but yeah, it's not something uh, that we have on an everyday basis. Um, now I would throw Iron Brew in here as well, but um, if you want to hear more about what Iron Brew is. For example, uh, go and listen to the Thistle Do Nicely podcast uh, episode on Iron Brew. Um, Iron Brew is, though, just very um, simply, um, is a carbonated drink um, that tastes of nothing that you've ever tasted before. A lot of people say it tastes like bubble gum, which is, um, yeah, wrong. It doesn't taste anything like bubble gum because the same company, um, Bars, uh, make a bubble gum flavoured um, carbonated drink which is actually really nice um, but yeah Iron Brew it, the clue's kind of in the name for me I think it tastes a bit like iron um, in a way uh, I, I don't ask me how on earth I've tasted iron but you know there you go um, so it does taste a little bit like iron um, in a way but yeah um, it doesn't contain much iron anymore they, 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 they had to change it so the main company Bars um had to change the name Iron Brew to, uh, they've spelt it I-R-N-B-R-U um, because back in the day they couldn't put it as Iron, you know, I-R-O-N, uh, because it would be false advertising. So, yeah, so Iron Brew is a very, very delicious drink, uh, very popular in Russia as well, not just over here, uh, but yeah, yeah, so 
So number nine was about deep fried food in general. We we do have it, but it's you know it's not something that's part of our everyday staple diet. Number ten, uh, one that came up an awful lot on the Facebook page when I uh, when I posted. As I say, these were voted for by um, by a, a few of our dedicated listeners. Um, so number ten is that we are mean with money. We are stingy with money. Now specifically, I believe in Hungary, this is uh, we are the butt of the jokes all the time in Hungary. You know, like um, like here, or uh, I don't know if it's just in the UK, but we have always have you know the Scotsman, the Englishman, and the Irishman jokes, and and these sort of stereotypical um, you know paddies as such. I, you know, I hate using terms like that, but you know the stereotypical. Irish person is supposed to be really stupid and things like that. So they're always the butt of the joke um, over here. Uh, well, in Scotland, it's usually there's a Scotsman, an Irishman, and an Englishman. So it's always the Englishman that's daft. Um, but I, th- I believe that in Hungary, Scotsmen are the butt, butt of the joke, um, specifically for being very, very tight with money. Um, in fact, Scots give more money to charity uh, per year than any other part of the UK. And I will buy you a pint. One pint, mind. No more than one. But I'll buy you a pint. You know, so (laughs) so that sort of thing. So I I, I can, you know, I mean, I'm always, certainly personally, I'm always careful with my money. I do love a bargain. You know, I want to save as much money as possible. Um, But I wouldn't say that we're mean with it. Um, You know, charitable. uh, I'm usually very charitable. And I know that people... I know people that are very charitable with theirs as well. You know, we're always willing to help each other out. So um, I don't think I can really go too much in, too much more into that. Um, it's it's a stereotype, and again, I don't really know where it came from. Um, but yeah. So now we will move on to number eleven, and number eleven is that we all wear and own our own kilts, slash. We also wear nothing underneath our kilts. So, let's dive into this one. Um, do I own a kilt? Yes. It was passed down to me when my grandfather died. I own three other kilts. I'm using kilts in inverted commas here because I have three utility kilts that I wore when I was guiding. Um, mainly because they had pockets and that meant I was able to carry all of the general stuff that I needed to carry, you know, bus keys and things like that. Uh, your sporing can only hold so much unless you get one of those big giant ones uh, that the pipe bands were. Um, but yeah, so I had a kilt with pockets and it was very handy. I would never wear that to a formal occasion or anything like that. You know, that's what my formal kilt is for. Um, so yeah. Very rarely is it that someone owns their own kilt. Very, very rarely. Um, there are so many kilt hire shops in Scotland nowadays that we tend to just hire a kilt for a couple of days. Um, I think it's maybe about between seventy-five and one hundred and fifty pounds. You know, you hire the full garb, couple of days. You wear it to the wedding. You take it back. They dry clean it, and that's it. Very, very rarely will anyone actually own their own kilt and garb, as such. Um, we only wear kilts for, you know, um, formal functions as such. 
Um, the only time I've not worn a kilt, well, there's two times I've not worn a kilt when it's not been at a wedding. One of them was at an award show uh, that my friend Gary was invited to, so we we both wore our kilts to this award show because why not? Um, and the second time I wore it was as a fancy dress costume when I dressed up as Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Um, yeah, that's the the other time I wore a kilt. Um, aside from this util- these utility kilts that I wore to work. Um, that that was it. So, yeah, it's now again we don't wear them all the time. Very rarely will we own one. We don't really pay attention to our own tartans and things like that. When you go to a wedding, it's usually the choice of whoever it is that organises the wedding, um, and a theme, for example, colours and things like that, that dictates what kind of kilt that you wear. Um, especially if you're if you're not really involved with the wedding party as such, and you're just turning up, you usually just wear whichever kilt um, you can wear. However, when it comes to um, being part of the, you know, stuff so like the bride, uh, sorry, the groom and the, the the well, the bride's father will probably wear the same kilt as the groom, who will wear the same kilt as the best man, etc. That kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, so that's why it's easier to hire because then you can hire multiples of the same one. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that was number eleven. Uh, sorry, oh, I, oh, I almost missed a part. Almost missed a part. And uh, the, there's another stereotype or a common misconception that we wear nothing underneath our kilt. Um, it's called being a true Scotsman. Kilts are itchy. I'm gonna leave it there. Number twelve is that we all have red hair. Um, if I look in a mirror just now. I maybe have a little tinge of red hair in my beard, but that is about it. Um, Now, I believe that Scotland has the highest population of uh, red-haired people in the world. Uh, But that's probably per capita. That's probably, you know, because we only have, you know, five and a half million people living in this country. There's more people live in the city of London than live in Scotland. Uh, in total so you know when you pack so many redheads into one tiny little area then of course there's going to be a lot more of them per capita than there are going to be uh, elsewhere um but yeah um but yeah we don't all have red hair we don't all have uh, red hair genes not all of us some of us do but not all of us um the, the with most of the time you can tell it comes through the beards uh, if if you know someone who's got a beard, so yeah, uh, so yeah, number twelve. We don't all have red hair. It is fairly common, um, but it's not as common. I would personally say as elsewhere in the world. Um, yeah. So number thirteen is another sort of one that was mentioned by uh, one of the listeners on the Facebook page, and this one was very specific. Is that places like Glasgow are dangerous and uh, to obviously mention there's been a lot of gentrification in these sorts of places and I completely agree Glasgow I've never felt any less um, in danger in Glasgow than I have elsewhere Uh, in fact um, I almost got shot in Jacksonville Florida um, one night Um, that's a story for another time but Glasgow is a wonderful city very very kind people uh, Scotland in general is, is exactly the same, um, but you know history says that Glasgow, certain parts, certain parts of Glasgow. Let me uh, reiterate that certain parts of Glasgow 
um, did have a lot of um, poverty and things like that. I mean, there still is, don't get me wrong, there still is a lot of poverty in certain parts of uh, of Scotland, not even just in Glasgow. Um, but, you know, kind of throughout the 70s uh, and 80s, Glasgow did build up this reputation. I believe it was murder capital of the world for a time, or certainly um, uh, knife crime is, it was, was quite big. Uh, there, um, in the same week, Scotland, uh, Glasgow was named the friendliest city uh, in Scotland, but also the murder capital of the world, which uh, which is totally and utterly true. You can look that up, um, and I think Kevin Bridges, a comedian, said that uh, you know, yeah, you will get stabbed in Glasgow. However, they will at least point you in the direction of the hospital. Um, you know, but it's, it is a bit of a stereotype. Glasgow is a wonderful, wonderful city. Um, it's a very different city. It's a very modern city in comparison to Edinburgh, for example, and Stirling. Um, there's a whole different feel when you get to Glasgow, but Glasgow's huge. It's massive. Uh, there's lots to do and lots to see. But, uh, but yeah, a common misconception is that Glasgow is dangerous. It is not it is perfectly and utterly fine. So that's number 13. Glasgow is dangerous. No, it's not. Number 14 is that Scotland is in England, which, of course, it's not. Scotland is its own country. It's its own land, and it's, it's above England. Um, now, again, this one isn't majorly big. It doesn't happen quite so much these days, but, again, when I lived in England... Um, I worked with somebody who didn't know where Scotland was. Uh, they thought I had to get a ferry to Scotland um, from from just outside of London. Uh, when I said I was going home, she said, uh, oh, so what time do you catch the ferry? I'm like, where do you think Scotland is? She thought I lived in Holland, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, Scotland isn't in England. It's part of the United Kingdom. So the United Kingdom... Um, again, I'm, I'm probably going to go through this again because um, I want to kind of focus on the breakup of Pangaea and things like that. But the United Kingdom consists of four countries. The United Kingdom consists of Scotland, England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Okay, The island of Britain consists of Scotland, England and Wales. The island of Britain is all connected together. Well, apart from the surrounding very small islands that belong to their respective countries. But yeah, yeah. So Scotland is not in England. It is not part of England. We have our own parliament. We have our own laws, most importantly, as well. We have our own uh, law system, our own court system. So yeah, Scotland is not in England. It is part of the United Kingdom, which England is also part of. And lastly, I decided to leave this one until last. Number 15 is that everyone in Scotland is clan-obsessed or is involved with a clan or is part of a clan or knows their clan and who knows their clan chief and wears their clan tartan and owns everything to do with that. We in Scotland are not clan-obsessed. We do not know most of these things. Yes, I looked up when I started uh, work as a tour guide. I kind of looked up and went, oh, they're from Morrisher. Oh, excellent. And that's pretty much where I left it. It's not that we're not interested to know where our family comes from. My dad is currently doing the um, uh, the family tree and has been for years and years and years. But it's not something that we are obsessed with. Um, we do not know 
uh, again, or, or I do not own any part of my clan tartan, so to speak. Um, I think I mentioned this in my clans episode. It's one of the, you know, it's not something that we that we think about. We don't think about it all the time. Um, you know, it doesn't bother us. Uh, we don't go to clan gatherings. Um, these are reserved for rich people, people who want to pay the money to go to these sorts of things. Whereas realistically, it forms no part of modern culture anymore. Uh, there's no, I mean, it, there, there is, it, yeah, it's there, but it doesn't form a massive part of our lives. It's not something that we pay much attention to. Some people find that ignorant, and yeah, in a way, you're probably right. But yeah, it's just not something that we do. We also, you know, if we say, oh, I'm from, you know, Edinburgh. Oh, do you know Margaret McPherson from Edinburgh? Like, no, no. Just like you wouldn't know Ted Danson, you know. <laughs> I don't know why I chose Ted Danson, but, you know, it, it's that sort of thing. You might know Ted Danson, and if you do, eh, you know, ask him to listen to this podcast. He might, uh, he might plug it, but... Um, but yeah, um, being obsessed with the clans and tartans and things like that is not something that we are in in general in Scotland. It's not something that we that we do. Um, so I, I'm sorry if that upsets anybody, but it's the truth. You know, we I'm sorry, but we just in general we we don't know these things and we don't really care as such. Um, by we don't care, I mean that in a nice way. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. Family is a massive part of Scotland, and it is a massive part of our being and our upbringing and things like that. But it's not something that we necessarily are into all the time. So there we go, folks. That was fifteen of the most common stereotypes and misconceptions about Scotland. I will run through them one last time. So number one is that Scots are always drunk. Number two, that we listen to bagpipe music and do Highland dancing all the time. Number three is that we all speak Gaelic. Number five is that we all say Okay the New. Number six, see you Jimmy and the invention of the Jimmy McJimmy um, comedy act by Russ Abbott. Number six is that we like being called Jock. Heads up, we don't. Number seven is that we all live in castles or stone cottages. Number eight is the weather. Number nine is deep fried Mars bars or deep fried food in general. Number 10 is that we're all mean with money. Number 11 is that we all wear and own our own kilts and that we wear nothing underneath them. Totally untrue. Number 12 is that we all have red hair. Number 13 is that Glasgow is dangerous. Number 14 is that Scotland is in England. And number 15 is that we are all obsessed with clans and our tartans. So thank you very much for listening, folks. Once again, uh, I want to thank you all very, very much. And especially, again, this last couple of weeks for your patience. Um, I'm not sure where the podcast is going to go from here at this moment in time. I'm still kind of deciding that. 
Um, but um, yeah, yeah, thank you again so so much for all of your participation this week as well uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, if you don't follow me on the Facebook page, go to facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. If you don't have Facebook, you can use either Twitter or Instagram, and the ats for them are at Scott History Pod. Alternatively, you can go onto the website, which is www.scotthistorypod.com, and from there you can click on your favourite link to listen to your favourite podcast. You can also contact me on there as well via the email little doodad at the bottom. You can send me an email on there. However, if you prefer to type in an email address, it is scotthistorypod at gmail.com. And if for any reason you wish to support the podcast, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash scotthistorypod. Any donation is muchly, muchly appreciated. Anyway, folks, once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you again next time. <laughs>